three, four. The common counterpart. <clears throat> Welcome back to the common counterpart. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. Joshy, Joshy, this is going to be fun. I'm excited. We had an outing, an adventure outing. I'm okay with the term mandate. I am too. <laughs> now, before we get started, first of all, happy birthday to me. Happy, yep. Because it's it's all about me. It is. And uh, are you going to tell people how young you are? I am on, what do they say? The backside? Is it? No. Backslide? No. Backside. No. Yeah, that's a thing. It's like the backside to 40. That's... It's a phrase. Not not with like real grown ups. Okay. Not. Well, I'm turning 35 tomorrow. Got it. Um, and I'll tell you what, there's really nothing excited hey, about 35. This is the part where you're supposed to say you look really good for 35. Oh, you do. You look amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would I would have thought you were closer to like 28, 29. Mm, bless your soul. Yeah, but the Botox is really helping, <laughs> and the hair plugs really stuck. Absolutely, that's <laughs> what I'm going for. But let me ask you something. When you're 50, oh. do you really want to look 35? Here's my thing, and this is, in a weird way, the honest truth. 35, five years ago, 35 was a bit of a stretch for me. You are, I love you, but you are so vain. Age brings wisdom. No, I understand. I just didn't think that growing old was for me. What was the, what was the other option? Dying. Oh, my God. Oh, I have, I have people a, out there, please pray for my friend Mark. I have a smidgy, a smidgy <laughs> of uh, hypochondriac syndrome. Okay, I don't think you know the word smidgy. Okay, well, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but and had a couple of uh, near-death experiences. Yes, I will say, uh, as a cat, you're on life three or four. For sure. And uh, I'm still on life one. I, I, no, I take that back. I think... My wife doesn't listen, so I'm okay. I think I almost drowned last year. Ooh. Uh, I was in um, canoeing with some, some buddies, and uh, I fell in the icy cold water, and I have never felt that sense of panic. And I've done stupid things. I've never felt that sense of panic. And The cold will do that to you. Oh, it took my breath I away. I mean, is there anything more dangerous than the cold? It's tough. Yeah. Lava. I don't know that you get to even... You experience it yeah you know what i mean like cold you can like oh, i definitely felt it i think lava you're just dead okay and so here's what's funny um number one i didn't want to have to tell my wife i fell in the, the river twice by the way nice uh but the other thing is i didn't have um a little strap around my glasses and so i fell in first thought i think i'm dying second thought save the glasses they're expensive mm. and i really invested more energy in reaching around my head and my body to find my, my spectacles, then I worried about getting back up. Now, that might be some subconscious consumerism in you. <laughs> I'm just afraid of my wife. It's, it's, no, I understand. I think I, under, yeah, I think I understand where the fear came from. Yeah. Now, could you see? No. But would you have been able to see even with glasses? I feel like that's a very chaotic experience. You know experience. what? I take it back. I think I, I clenched up and I, I closed my eyes. Oh, yeah. Which is dumb, right? I mean, it's, well, I don't really know. I guess... What you don't know is not going to hurt you yeah. until it hits you. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, I, I think uh, your, your 35th birthday, you've, you've definitely had a few uh, close brushes with the Grim Reaper. Sure. But you're, I think you're a better person for it. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think that makes me feel better when I wake up in the morning and say that. No, I think your daughters will appreciate it. I can only imagine how difficult it is for your wife to listen to you complain 
day all the after time. day after day. She would be a lovely person to interview someday. She's a saint. She is. I've always loved her. <laughs> I do. All right. So we have to we have to fill in a little bit of uh let's see details no not details we have to go back to what we talked about last time our maybe my favorite episode title that you've ever come up with i don't know the ootd oh okay the outfit of the day yes or out of the desert yes and i thought that that was the most clever if there was a podcast award show for clever titles i think you would win i i really liked the beyonce one you did should have put a ring on it that was that one's good too yeah now I said that I was going to go back through my Instagram. Uh-huh. Remember, we talked about this idea of no doubling up outfits on social media. I remember, and this yeah. drives consumerism. And I will tell you that I went back almost all the way to the beginning. And I don't have the most Instagram posts. I only have, I have 153 for okay. reference. I only have the same shirt on twice. Okay. So I don't know if that's conscious or subconscious, but I do not repeat out. Now I'm not exactly a fashionista either. I think that I agree. I think you, I know, but I like, I don't buy. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like that's not why I purchase clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's interesting. Why don't you explain to the view listeners why you buy clothing? Um, Because I like to look pretty. (laughs) And is there a resale? Oh, yeah, that's a little bit different. That's mostly with shoes. Okay. Um, I haven't resold clothes in a while. So I will, I know that you're afraid of being older, uh, which is why um, there will come a point in your life where you will start wearing the same shirt more frequently because it's the most comfortable shirt. And then you will, you will cross this line where it doesn't matter what, you're, what pants you're wearing. And I have worn, and it's the same faded blue cotton button-down shirt and then I'm rocking a pair of Nike sport shorts. And you're just going with it. Because that's my comfort. I, I can attest that my father is the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter the occasion either. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm not there yet. But, oh. I, and, but I've never put on a pair of New Balances either. But I know that eventually I will be... I'm trying to get you to get in early. I will and be if Pop, I can, if I can Olsen. Im, if I can impact your New Balance, because there's a very big difference between the New Balance from Costco and the New Balance that I wear. Okay. And if we can get you in on the cool side, okay. you just always have just kind of a step up. Uh, and, and that's what I need. I, I, I can't be the early adopter. Um, I, I'm, well, at 35, is there anything that I can't do anymore? Or am yeah. I still okay until I hit no, 40? No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't do. Do not play basketball. Well, I mean, there's, sure. I guess there are those things. Okay. Um, do not run a marathon. Ooh, don't do it. Challenge accepted. <sighs> no, I don't really want to. Yeah. I'm okay. Didn't uh, really want to before I was 35. Got it. Um, at 35, there's really no good reason to get a tattoo. Whoa, <laughs> we have officially crossed the line. I would like it to be stated and go on record that I will probably get more tattoos at there the you age go. of 35. No, I just wanted to see your face. No, that's fun. Um, and then 30. Have you ever listened to your music really loud in the car? Yeah. Windows down. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Like I have become already an old man okay. who used to listen to am radio because i'm really listening to more books and podcasts while i'm driving now okay that's that's unfortunate but have you and i don't roll the windows down because it hurts my ears <laughs> the sound of the air coming into the car <laughs> i i can't tell you how happy i am that you're on this side and i can't yell at my kids fast enough when they roll their window down in the back and it just goes whoa, 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 whoa. i i'll lock it now i i need someone to explain to me that wobble 
front windows up, back window opens. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, it hits your in, like your cerebrum or yeah. something. It gets to the core of you. Now, it here's does. also what I'm doing at 35. Mm-hmm. Awesome segue. I'm going to lectures. That's right. And you don't have to go alone. I'd be I have happy. you to accompany me. Now, is this, is this your first official lecture? This is. Okay. So a couple things. So Josh and I had the privilege mm-hmm. of going to Jordan Peterson, who actually came to Fresno, mm-hmm. which was great, um, probably a couple weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode, we'll be recapping our experience, our thoughts, things that happened, things that we thought, mm-hmm. and all things JP. Now, um, I'm not a big concert guy, and I know you are. So every time you get to see the band, the the guy, you hear the song, it's a little feather in your cap. Oh, of course. Right? It's like the, it's like the unwritten bucket list. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I've never been a big concert guy, but you called me and said, hey, JP's coming to town. You want to go see him? I said, sure, of course. And so I'm very excited I got to see him. I can tell people I went and saw him. Um, now... He, he doesn't play an instrument. No. <laughs> he's he's a well-dressed Canadian. Yeah. Uh, and I was older re- gentleman. Older gentleman, but I I had a really good time listening to what he had to say. Well, how did you tell people if if anybody asked, how would you say what he is? Okay, I'm glad you asked this because if you've talked to anyone who is woke or pol- politically minded or socially minded or whatever, and you say Jordan Peterson, they immediately think white national supremacist, to- toxic masculinity. I definitely got those jokes from people. Okay. It's like, oh, are you going to wear blank? Or are you <laughs> going to bring blank? Or whatever. And it was, and I, I, I think that it's at least noting that he is a very polarizing figure. But he did not set out to become polarizing. No, and I also think that he's actually not as polarizing as no. people make him out to be. But what, how, what does he do? Okay, so uh, uh, Jordan Peterson uh, is a uh, clinical psychologist and— F- Former professor. And former professor. And an author. Now an author, yes. That's kind of what I said. Okay. I didn't really know what to do, and I'm like, I don't know. He, he talks for a living. And then, I, and then I got all those ridiculous questions about, well, isn't he a racist, and doesn't sure. he hate trans people? I said, sure. So I, I tried to whittle it down to a minute. Jordan Peterson is a very smart man, former Catholic, yep. left, left Catholicism to become a socialist, left socialism because he realized that both organized structures were pretty much lying and screwing everybody over regardless. Yeah. And he became a free thinker. Is he a social commentator? I feel like that's fair. Or is that belittling what he does? I think he's above that. Ooh. I think social commentators commentate. I think Jordan Peterson is the next evolution of Chuck Norris jokes. Mm. In, uh, psychologically speaking. Yeah. But um, what I love about this man is he wrestles with questions his entire life. And somebody will ask him a question about the pay gap. He goes, well, I've really I've thought about this for like three decades. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not new. Right. And even though, which we'll talk about, he answered questions sort of on the spot. These were not on the spot type answers. Right. The things that he knows, he knows very deeply. Mm-hmm. And he also is not afraid to say, I don't know that very well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be the authority figure on which to speak. I also, and, and again, I want to go back to kind of who he is, then I want to unpack 
some of the stuff he talked about. But what I love about this man is uh, in Canada, they were going to pass a law, uh, and it was going to uh, – uh, it had to do with transgender and pronouns. And somebody just asked him, what do you think about this law? And he goes, I believe uh, government has the right to restrict speech, but they do not have the right to tell me what I must say. And he made a clear distinction, and all he did was share his opinion. And that was the thing that polarized him. And really kind of got him famous. It did make him famous. Right? In fact, I've, I've even seen a couple more interviews about him where he knew the moment that video hit the internet, his life was going to change forever. Yeah. Now, <laughs> light moment. Okay. I didn't know what to wear. Oh, my gosh. To this gala so, that we were attending. Okay, for a concert, I'm very familiar. For a play... I'm very familiar. For a lecture circuit, I have no idea how to show up. Well, you know something. You knew something about the crowd that I didn't. Okay, I did. So my nerd self and YouTube did a little bit of research. <laughs> and in one interview recently, he said, what's really cool is I've made many comments about the way that young men dress, mm -hmm. right? I.e., he's talking to me. And he has said that there has been a sort of shift away from this idea of being presentable, which is we work in high schools, mm -hmm. right? That's definitely very true. But our, our parents' generation would probably have said the same thing about us. Right. Uh, but he said that ever since that he brought that up, uh, people have been showing up to his shows very dressed, mm -hmm. like three-piece suit dressed. Yeah. Now, he's always in a suit. But that wasn't – I noticed kind of the evolution of JP. Uh, you see some of his lectures, and he's wearing uh, an Oxford shirt and some khakis and, you know – I don't know what it's called, but it's that braided belt. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, his hair's unkept, um, and then once the once he became popular, he's suited and booted. He yeah, and, and he I, looks very good. And I really like the beard. The beard yeah. looks good on him. So I didn't know what to wear, <clears throat> and so I went through a couple different outfits. You, so you didn't tell me this at dinner. No, I this took me <laughs> this took me a while because now that I know this, I'm like, do I show up in a three piece suit and then look like an idiot? And if nobody else, this is also Fresno. Had you worn a suit, you would have told me first, right? I would have, because I wouldn't have wanted because, uh, you to show up. Well, thank you, because I bought my last suit about 20 pounds ago. Got it. And that would have put me in a... Well, in a, see, I did this for you then. I, well, thank you. By the way, you, look, you looked fantastic. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, this is, so we show up, and she, Corey's like, is there going to... My wife said, is there going to be food? Is there, are they selling alcohol? Is there, uh -huh. what, what's that? I said, I don't know what the concessions yeah. are like. Now, what I wasn't prepared, prepared for is that everybody brought their book. I didn't know it was a book club meeting, and also right. I didn't know what the purpose of that was because you weren't getting it signed. Are you just bringing it to show like that Kay. you're a fan? I I thought about bringing his first book because very few people have it. What do you what right. what is he, that? He's not, I think some people thought there was going to be an opportunity maybe. Hmm. Um, I know I do know they were selling those books and his posters and some things for way too much money. Were they now? To our to to the JP haters. Mm -hmm. It looked a little culty with people showing up with his book outside of his. It life. is weird, and they were they weren't just holding it. No, they were they were caressing it, and yeah, they it was, were holding like a clenched. baby. Yes. Yeah. But were you surprised at the diversity of the people there? Yeah, I think so because I had people joke with me, mm -hmm. have fun with every other white male twenty to thirty yeah. in Fresno, and yeah. that wasn't the case. No, not at all. Which was kind of cool to see. Yeah, and not just because like oh I'm diehard because I I honestly I I don't know someone well enough to be obsessed with them and think mm -hmm. that they never do wrong. But I do love 
and maybe this is where um, it kind of opens up, people who are, are willing to speak about society and mm-hmm. geopolitics and these things, and whether or not they're right or wrong, like I would definitely be very open to admitting that Peterson is probably more so on the right than other people that I listen to yeah. and, and read, and, that, and I, do, I think that that's fine. I think but, that that's good. And, and to that point, though, I don't, I don't see um, Jordan Peterson as a political figure, though. I don't. I mean, I mean, like, polarizing, like, politically in terms of how he sees issues, I sure. guess. Because when I, I like, I now know that Jordan Peterson has made friends with a lot of other personalities. Yeah, he's very open. I mean, Sam Harris, Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro. Um, and yet, his deep, deep philosophies come from studying things like Nazism and fascism and, and socialism. And he sees the dangers of having very sharp and rigid ideologies. And so although he's a man of principle, he's not a man of ideology. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Um, and so I, I believe when people are, are wondering what this thing is, and I do think the, the bloom, the, the Jordan Peterson bloom is off the rose. There was a hot couple years where he was everywhere. Yeah, I think it's sort of old right yeah. now. Like um, it, which, again, just goes to show you the news cycle is, is very short. Yes, uh, but his, his presentation was solid. I will tell you, because I don't go to shows a whole lot, um, it might be worth investing in slightly larger seats. Oh, for sure. Now, how do I know I'm turning 35? <laughs> because I didn't feel comfortable after leaving that. Where I used to be able to stand in mosh pits for hours mm-hmm. and have no problem, I was like, oh, my back kind of hurts after sitting But we were seat. also, you had a big guy next to you, and I had a big guy next to me for a bit. Oh, it was, it was, it was radiating some heat Yeah, there, and by the sure. way, the closest Mark and I have ever been is halfway through this show where we are, like, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder. Oh, it was uncomfortable. Trying to get away from the big guys. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, now, very much like a regular concert, I tried to find a set list. Which okay. this is the thing that I do, uh-huh. and this is this is, um, I guess, what other people would probably find to be like, you're ruining the experience. You don't know what song is coming next. Yeah. I, in my type A anxious personality, watch The Office every night before I go to bed. <laughs> like to know what's coming. Reason yes. I don't watch thrillers. I don't know what's happening. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't watch those kind of movies. Um, I, okay. I, don't, I don't. I don't like to be titillated. Ooh, I know, weird word, uncomfortable right? That's work. why I went with it. Okay. Uh, but I like to know what, what they're going to be talking about, what sure. they're going to be playing, whatever. Now, he did a little Q&A, and I kind of want to go through at least the topics uh-huh. and, and sort of just easily brush on okay. them. And again, I don't want to bore everybody with like no, but I, elaborate I, stuff. No, but I do need to ask you a question. Hit me with it. Do you really think those were genuine questions? Ooh, okay. So... You were supposed to be able to submit questions prior to the event starting, and they were going to read them. Yes. Now, you are insinuating, sir, that these were planted questions. I, I am. Because when I uh, used to work in youth ministry, this was a trick that we would play. And we would, uh, somebody would get up there and say, okay, I'm going to, I've got this, this question right here, and I'm going to put it to my head, and I'm going to guess the answer. And I guessed the answer, and uh, then he reads it, and I'm like, ooh, that was really impressive. How'd you know the answer to the question before you opened it? And said, just real quickly, who, who asked that question? 
and the plant in the little in the room thing says that was me ah and then from that point forward you you, you right. play off of that now it doesn't take away from the fact that he dropped gems he and and they're if you've never he, this is old school this is going back and reading like uh plato's republic and yeah uh de tocqueville's uh, um democracy in america this is old school well thought out stuff and so i, I don't want to take away from the information but I don't know if I'm buying. Well, and also, too, when you look at the t subjects that were covered, I don't want to say they were softballs. Right. But, you know, nobody asked him what his favorite ice cream flavor was. <laughs> so I don't know how, which I also would have been interested in. Really? Yeah, I sometimes like to know that people are real. Could he have said bubblegum and Ooh. you lost, lose I respect for him? I don't think so. I think I would just be like, there's another layer of the onion because that's nobody's favorite flavor. But that would be interesting. Oh my gosh, my parents would never let me buy it. And then I think I was like in my 20s. Oh, it's Sc all look no Screw substance. it. I'm, I'm getting me some bubblegum ice cream. It was, thank you, mom and dad. They know what they're it doing. It was awful. Yeah, they know what they're doing. So you want to go through the questions? Well, I just want to at least talk about some of the cool things yeah. that were said. And I don't want to go through everything. Now, here's, here's the overall. The event was an hour and a half. Maybe uh -huh. two hours? I think it was two. Two hours. He answered five questions. Yes. Five questions in two hours, which means... The answers were very long-winded. But I, I, I do respect this about him. He can go on a mile-long tangent and then come back. Yeah. Um, and the tangents were good. They I mean, were they really weren't. They, it wasn't mm -hmm. crazy. But And he's got a lot to say, and people – he knows that he will never meet everybody's expectation. And I think that really wears him out because I think he's dealt with some anxiety and depression because – People are always saying, I was expecting X, or you yeah. said this. Well, and also, you don't know what you're going to get when you go to these lecture circuits. Mm -mm. It's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Now, I, I got to be a little bit of a stickler, because this is something that I hate, and this also leads into like his cultish-like personality. Okay. My buddy described it as something called claptainment or applause-tainment. Oh, okay. And I can't remember what it was. Either one of those two. Claptainment sounds... Somehow it's, gross. It's, well, it sounds like an STD. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, think I want that. I don't want clap-tainment. Yeah. Uh, Applause-tainment. Okay. And this can be easily described if you've ever watched The State of the Union. Okay. Where there are just applause breaks for 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 saying things that right. are, are very normal and obvious. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that because I love good flow. Uh-huh. And it ruins the flow. And I also know that you like him. Mm -hmm. And I know that you appreciate him because you bought a ticket. Yeah. And you are there. But we... There was a lot of that. There, I thought there was only two or three. Uh-uh. There was at least nine, and I'm not a okay. fan of it. Okay. No, it's not his fault. He didn't do it. But no. I'm just like, hey, we're trying a little too hard, right, audience? And, and by the way, uh, for those of you who have never listened to, uh, to Jordan Peterson, uh, again, he, we do not pray at the altar of, no. of this man. He's a very smart man. He just helps you think. Yeah. He's got some very crazy ideas that I don't necessarily agree with, his, right. his kind of views of psychedelics and that sort of thing, but a smart guy. Um, but he can utter the term like bloody or damn, and the people lose their mind. They, I know. It's just like. I'm telling you, it is a little culty. It's a little gangster. Yeah, old man gangster. And vibe. I was a little bit worried being there. God, okay. Well, pray for, pray for Mark. As I'm he, sensitive. As he <laughs> I'm sensitive. All right, topic one. Topic one. Uh, the first question was uh, uh, the guy was asking about speaking truth in college. He was from He's England. A, 
Correct, but he goes to the UC, he's in the UC system, and he was excited to come to America to do high level college, thinking that there was going to be debate. Debate, um, and he learned real quickly: you keep your mouth shut. Yeah, and I and I, I do think that I don't know if it was trolling or what it was a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think he almost wanted Peterson to be like, stand up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. This is you need you need to defend yourself, right? I mean, he's made many comments about university, mm-hmm. but what I really love that he said is. Something along the lines of, if you open your mouth, you better be right. Yes. And and don't stir the pot to stir the pot, because it's going to make you be even worse than if you kept your mouth shut. And how, so I've done this to you a couple times and to Shane, um, you and I are in a discussion, I'm looking on the internet, I think I see something that's going to strengthen my argument, so I shoot it to you in a text or an email, and I don't read the whole article. Yeah. Um, I believe a lot of people through social media and just thinking their feelings matter, they spout out these ideas and they haven't really thought the ideas through. And that's what I really respect about this man and some of the other authors that he's alluded to is if you're going to speak up, shoulders back, speak with conviction, speak with knowledge and be ready if people disagree with you, uh, and, and it's okay to even be offensive, but you are going to get your teeth kicked in. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, he goes on and on about this. Mm-hmm. I just really think that this idea of you shouldn't speak for the sake of speaking. Right. I mean, how much is that not what we're about these yeah. days? Well, and we are doing a podcast. <laughs> for the sake well, we of have speaking. something to say. We do have something to say. And we've got like four people listening. I know, but it was great. Yeah. Uh, second one. Second one. So... Stoicism? 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 Stoicism. So I don't even know what the word means. I'm and, not I'm not really engaged and um, I really appreciate the fact that he kind of told us, but stoicism is this sort of you're the anti-victim. Yes. I am I am here to help you. I'm and I don't know if the, are Which you, might be you. Do you fall into this camp? Well, are you so anti-woke that you're stoic you're stoic? No, I mean I like I like the people I like, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not the Superman guy. I'm not going to swoop down and and help somebody. Um, But I think it's one of those words that is uttered because I know the word stoic, but stoicisms. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Um, But I did appreciate the idea of, of being an anti-victim. And again, back to the, the pendulum, right? Everyone's a victim. Their, their, their gender, their color, their, their, their race, their, their economy, the, the college, whatever. Somehow, someway, they've been wronged, and it's somebody else's job to make their life better. And maybe the Stoic is saying, listen, life's tough, and I'm going to take care of me. In fact, I'll even help take care of you, yeah, as if we're supposed to bow down to this person after we get their help. I mean, it's sort of a, a look at like kind of going back, right? There's always this idea that we should go back to the way that things used to be, right? That's a classic mm-hmm. idea behind a lot of movements. But realistically, like you said, like without emotion, mm-hmm. w- without without feeling like somehow someone is out to get you. Mm-hmm. But what I what he goes into, and, and he says that the, this is not his thing, 
right? I, no, he, he's not into yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, well, he also says, I don't know a lot about this. Like, mm-hmm. this is not something I'm into. He just sees it as an, a new movement coming out that's sort of the opposite <clears throat> of what we have been experiencing. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked is this idea that we are constantly looking at a pendulum. Mm-hmm. And we just cannot quite figure out, can't figure out how to get that pendulum to stop. I, number one, I hate the word if. If is such a large, small word. I really hate the word if when it's, but what if? So you give somebody a, an idea. I believe we would be better served if we pursued this idea as a culture or society. And then, of course, somebody says, right, but what if somebody can't? Yeah. And I think that starts the pendulum moving. Oh, you're right. 98% of the people can. 2% can't. How are we going to help the 2%? And that but if. But what if argument keeps going and going and going and going? All of a sudden, the pendulum is just swinging. And I always think of not just the pendulum, but it's that torture pendulum. Have you ever seen this thing like in the medieval times? It's a giant half. Like an axe? Axe, but it swings. And every time it swings, it drops a little bit more. And it it would slowly cut you in half or slowly cut a rope. That idea of the pendulum swinging is how I view society. If we could just, let's get the left and the right, you know, the top and the bottom, whatever, and just smush us together and say, we're not going to get it right for everybody, but can we agree that for the vast majority of humans, this is where we want to work from? Yeah, and I I mean, him going into it, it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't love this idea of all these isms. Right. right, and all of these, and mm-hmm. I don't either. Like yeah. that's why I was like, I don't really even know what this is. Like, it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time, and I know that it's not going to make me any different. Like uh-huh. it's not gonna make me better or worse. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the right approach to it or not. Uh, but there's only so much time in the day. Correct. But there was a a an overwhelming amount of people who I felt in the crowd kind of perked up, as if the cult of JP was kind of into this sort of thing. Oh, okay. Like that he, this was like, he thought maybe they thought this was going to be like the rallying cry of like we, of anti wokeness okay. based on what he's been through. Mm-hmm. But he actually was very, um, I don't want to say like middle of the road, but I that's one thing I do like about him is that he does he's not an extremist. I've never heard him make an extremist idea unless it's usually him saying some po- at some point in his past he tried this thing. And it didn't work for me. Rethought it and did something different. Yeah, which I really like that too. And again, now that you are uh, almost on the other side of 35, mm-hmm. uh, it's time. You, welcome to the club. Time to revisit. I will say the one thing that I, I, I wrote down because I liked it, and that was this idea that you know toxic mas- masculinity and anti-racism, these words enter culture and lexicon, and all of a sudden, to be when the word racism comes up, you have to virtue signal and you have to demonstrate how anti-racist you are, right? Or when someone throws out that, that term toxic masculinity, you have to demonstrate how non-toxic masculine you are. Uh, and so he made a clear distinction that toxic masculinity is not equal to not being masculine. And he's very big on this idea, not so much biological man and biological woman, although I'm sure he's got an opinion on it, but he's very philosophical, almost spiritual with the idea of masculine and feminine 
attributes. And again, not this idea of better or worse. Exactly. And not the ones, yeah, one's not better. Right. Um, almost that they are a completion of something, and it's there's a constant struggle of the known and unknown, life and death, masculine and feminine, and that's what life has always been. Yeah. Uh, and so I really appreciated him helping, you know, remind people, just because somebody came up with a term. I mean, I like, I start to like roll my eyes, like uh -huh. when I hear these terms and stuff, because I'm like, what, like, what are you doing? Oh, that's because you're older. I am old man. <laughs> it's just, it's so annoying to me, like why everything has to have this term mm -hmm. and why you have to either be on the boat or out of the boat. Speaking of terms, we're going to, we're going to keep with JP. Um, now that you're an old man, do you find yourself a little frustrated that the young kids have to make up more new terms? Excuse me. A kid came in the other day and said, uh, I was full send. Full send, baby. What I... 100%. Do I want to be? All, you're all, I don't know, it depends on what you're doing. Do, I mean, so I've heard goat, I've heard full send, I've heard hundred, um, slime, or uh, slamming, dripping. Are you starting to get a little tired of, of, of the slang term? Well, it's funny, like, because I, I am really into kind of social history mm -hmm. and stuff, like, I really enjoy those types of things. Not okay. so much as like, I'm not definitely not embracing them, right? but I, I, I do think it's fun to watch the evolution of language. Did you ever utter the word yeet? No. In a conversation? Not my thing. Okay. I was too old for that. <laughs> Even when that came out, I was too old for that. It's cool though. Do your thing. Cool. Do, hey, do your thing. You do you, boo. Yeah. All right, number three. Number three. Uh, somebody asked him about Musk. Not Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. Isn't that funny? Musk doesn't sound like a last name to me. No. He... It, Mr. Musk. Is it safe to say that Elon Musk might be the only person you have, no, Joe Rogan, the only person that you have to say both names? You don't have to. If I say, if I say Rogan, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, no one's like, oh, do you hear, we talking about Seth Rogan? No, but don't you normally say Joe Rogan? Yeah, I guess. And but I mean, with, but couldn't you just say Elon? Okay, Elon, but you. Give me one more Elon in this world, because I'll wait. <laughs> and even more so, I'll wait for one more of his kid's name. Oh, does he got weird kid names? Oh, you don't know his kid's name? No, I don't, I'm not a celebrity guy. I don't follow You've never stuff. seen it? No. It's, it's symbols. You're joking. No. It's exactly what you think it would be. That's gangster. He's like, actually gone with the way. There is a way to pronounce it. Hashtag? Like the child formerly known as Elon's kid? No, it's not Prince in okay. any way. But I'm going to pull it up so you can look at it. I mean, technically, the funny thing about it is letters are symbols. We just make sounds to them, right? Right. Is but I mean, a, hey. Is it a made-up symbol? Okay, I'm going to have to find this out. But the question, question number three, and by the way, we had no idea that there were only going to be five questions that night. But they asked about uh, Elon Musk, which uh, Mr. Peterson, Jordan, doctor, sorry, doctor, he, um, he says he loved him. He said he had a chance to meet him a couple times. Oh, my gosh. That's, how you, that's, how, that's what it is. X-A-E-A-12. Yep. That A-E thing is a, okay. Greek, um, if right? we, I don't know, if if we could get the uh, on-site linguist, exadark sidereal. Now, what's funny is what in he's such. That's, oh, it's ash. The second symbol is pronounced ash. That's right. I forgot he did this whole thing on a e. It. Yeah. Okay, ash. X ash. Um, and then oh, what did he do? Part of it had to do with the uh, uh, what was the name of the plane? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, come on. Uh, SR-71. 
his child's name is SR seventy one. No, no, no. no. Oh. But that the twelve, the A twelve, mm-hmm. has to do with the um, Archangel twelve. Okay. The plane that come is the precursor to the SR seventy one. I had no idea. Which is, he says it's the coolest plane ever. I'm like, hey, there are a lot of things I think are cool. Not naming my kid after him though. Uh, and there are more and more people naming their kids weird names. We have to be that kid's teacher. I'm like, yeah, I'm not calling you that. Yeah, by the way, for our four listeners, when you guys make babies, um, give your kid a socially and time-relevant name. Sure. I, I get it. You, you want to be a little different, but do not make – do not no put some, a, No ash? Don't put, and don't put a silent K <laughs> and, and Z in there. Hey, um, old man. What? Go to the next topic. I, you – this is your fault. Elon. Elon Musk, creativity. Um, and he was a huge fan of creativity. And this, I like this part of, of uh, JP. Creativity is all about life and death. It's all about taking risk it's, and then owning it. Um, a lot of times he, he talks about how the artist has to live in a world that allows for creativity. And yet, uh, there's a growing number of artists who are becoming less comfortable with everybody else having the same freedom to be equally creative in art, in music, in the books they write, in the tweets they tweet. Um, and so that creative space needs to be protected and valued for what it is. I mean, I mean, would you say it's, I don't think it's as valued anymore. Creativity? And art. Well, I art, th- art in a large term. But I think- I don't think they want that. I also think art got lazy. I mean, when you put a, 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 a white canvas up there and, and throw, you know, chicken blood on it and, and say it's art. But you have to have that space, though. Yeah, that's fine. But you also don't get your feelings hurt when I say it's not art. Or don't buy it. Yeah. Now, Banksy is just a guy. He's great. Just It's just graffiti on a wall. Yeah. But there's a social commentary there that you see it and you're like, dang, that was, that was cool. Yeah, so this is what he does. So someone asked him, hey, when are you and Musk going to sit down? Oh, that's and right. And I was like, right. oh, my gosh. Ah. And the crowd like went crazy. I'm like, yo, chill, first yeah. of all. Uh, and they said that they have met before. Hey, for a person who does appreciate some applause coming his way. I don't know. Is it jealousy? Much. No, it's not jealousy. It's like it's this fear that it is a cult. <laughs> that's what it is. And you're afraid you're a part of it? Yeah, because I've read the books. <laughs> Technically, didn't read the books. All right, take it easy. Um <laughs> And so he was talking about this idea. So he bring he does this tangent about Picasso, yes, which I love. And I'm not too. I'm not a classic art guy. No, like it's probably the hardest thing for me to teach. Um, and he and he says that one of the worst things that you can ask someone is to explain the process. Yes, to look at a painting and say, "Hey, explain your process here." Like he says, it's almost insulting, mm-hmm. and it's almost impossible to answer because the actual art piece in and of itself is the process. You are seeing the the physical manifestation of someone's mind mm-hmm. and a working procedural moving thing that ends up on a a, a canvas or mm-hmm. in a song or on in a movie and i just thought that that was a way of looking at things that i had never thought about before i believe at that same time he also mentioned about and you can't just take that one painting and think you understand the person or the process because Years later, they might have painted that painting differently. And, and it, it sort of starts with this idea of saying 
they're talking about Elon, and he says, "I don't. I'm not even sure that Elon knows what he's doing." <laughs> like, yeah, and not in a bad way, uh-huh. but I don't think that necessarily Elon knows the end product. No, because the process is the product, mm-hmm. and he's just a genius at it so far. And considering uh, we went to this uh, presentation, and then weeks later. Elon Musk decides, oh, I think I'll just drop 40-some billion dollars on Twitter. Which, by the way, Twitter doesn't even make anything. I know. It's great. But I don't think think he knows. But talk about about a process. A billionaire that nobody should care about, he builds cars and rocket ships. Okay? What do you care if he owns a platform that doesn't produce a dollar? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting. Like, and I don't know that you'll get the answer until a couple years later. No, when it, when the process is complete, because it's mm-hmm. not complete yet. Um, not a huge fan of trolling, right? That's a, a mm-hmm. internet term. Um, however, I have been reading up on Elon Musk a little bit, uh, and his brain allows him to troll he's, people. He's he's brilliant. He's another level. Yeah, which is why they asked that question. Okay. Now, what he also goes into is he brings up Picasso mm-hmm. and Picasso's cubism. cubism yeah. Types. And what's funny is I've always kind of knocked cubism in some of these other things. Like to me, especially as a guy who loves nonfiction, uh-huh. like real is real and fake is fake. And you look at cubism <laughs> and you're like, I don't, this is, this is not real. This is like imaginary. Right. And he drops the gem and says, what if cubism, what if a portrait cubism is the most accurate form of a portrait because it is all sides, all angles at the same time. And had he just literally dropped the mic and walked off stage, I would have just been left jaw dropped. I, I was stunned. I mm-hmm. honestly felt very stupid. Oh, well, that's another thing about getting older. You, you, you feel, feel stupid more? Less. Oh, less. Significantly okay. less. Well, I felt pretty dumb because I was like, dude, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Cause, um, and I can't do that. I can't even do the regular one. I, I and then you look at cubism, and I'm like, yo, Picasso, I have not been giving you enough love. Right, because as a kid, you're thinking, well, cubism is just a kid with a crayon. Right. Um, and then, of course, for some stupid reason, I kept going back and forth between Picasso and who's the drippy cheese? Dolly. Thank you. Yeah. And so you know, sometimes I can't keep the, 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 the crazy art uh, separate. But you're right, because the cube, cubism yeah, you get two eyes and ears and a mouth, and but nothing's where it's supposed to be, but the process, the thought, the feeling. But to them, it is. it could be the most accurate. Exactly. That's so great. I um, love that one. But I do, and for, for being such an old guy psychologist, he really does like the creative space. He does like to, to find the boundary of, of something. I think he understands how important it is. Yeah. Uh, and he knows how necessary it is. Cause, yeah. Again... He is very anti-fascist. Yes. And the first thing that fascists do is take away art and I didn't is take know that. away creativity. Well, yeah, there's well, Is there a rationale for that? Yeah, you don't want people who are creative. You you want okay. people that fall in line. One of the first things you'll see when fascist governments come in is they call these re-education camps. And literally what they do, and this is something that Mao did when he took over in China, is he went after the teachers. And he literally killed them and jailed them. And then Hitler, similar with the very, professors. Very similar with professors, with artists, with all of okay. these things. They don't allow creativity in, and they don't mm-hmm. allow creativity out. So back to the pendulum, um, because we've, we've, we've learned our history, we don't want to repeat it. So now we're hypersensitive about protecting that creative, artistic, academic space. 
but it's starting to kind of lose its function. Yeah. I you mean, know, it's all a part of a greater good, right? Mm-hmm. And also, I think the recognizing of your artistic ability and what you have been given, mm-hmm. those gifts and how they play right. themselves But out. Chicken Blood on... Uh, White uh, Canvas, not for you? Not for me. Yeah. And some of this new music where it's just weird noises, mm. it's not music. I'm it's sorry. Emotion. Sound, it's noise. You know, it, it's 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 uh, audio cubism. There you go. And I hey, just... And to them? Di- yeah. Just, so zip it. Okay. Because to them, it could be the most accurate. So... Uh, that was good. Question four. Yeah. I don't remember what the question was exactly, but I believe it. Did they ask him if if he was a Christian or what he thought of Christianity? Yes, something to that effect. And he dropped the quote that you love, and you were giddy about that entire rest of the night. I wasn't giddy. You were pretty close to giddy. No, are, you, are, we, are we talking about how he defines God? Which what? what no, quote? the Christianity one. He said it is. He said I would. N- oh, I okay. Thank you, Mark. Uh, yes, I was actually giddy. Tell the, what, tell the what people. do you think about Christianity? His, his answer was highly improbable, but likely true. And there you go. Walk away. Just walk away. Yeah, it was good. It was a good and, answer. And here's another thing about being a wise old man. Uh, he answered the question, but he gave the listener no rope to hang him with. No. He's and not, then he went on for 20 more minutes about it. Yeah. And it wasn't big G, little G. It wasn't no. which religion's right. No. Um, but I really did appreciate. But sum it up in his his big quote that he says. Uh, uh, all right, because I don't know if you ever saw the debate with him and Sam Harris. I didn't watch it. Okay, it's long. Yeah, Two hours that's long. That's what I'm saying. And I it got a little it got a little chippy. It, it right? did, yeah. Um, but he, I mean, Jordan Peterson's a thinker, and so we finally said, listen, you may not believe in God, big G, God or Christian creation God, or, you know, Judaism God, or Muslim God, or whatever. But if you had to acknowledge all of the good things, and if you had to acknowledge the thing that you have the highest value for, that you are willing to sacrifice the most for, that's God. And so, for someone who believes in a Judeo-Christian God, and your highest value is drugs or sex or music, then that would be what Judeo-Christians would call a false idol, a false god, right? But we all have a god in our life. And what does he say? He says, if you don't, if you can't think of yours, uh-huh. then you're lost. Yes, because everyone has to have a North Star. We have to have, if you don't know where you're going, that's the definition of being lost. Yeah. So I really liked that point. Um, I went home and talked to my wife about it, and she's like, so is he a Christian? I said, I, I don't know. She goes, well, yeah, yeah. Well, based on his answer, what do you think? I said, I don't care. <laughs> but I, I, I do love opening that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. And the last one. Last one. Uh, I don't even know what the question was. I wrote something down about men and women. I shouldn't have let you take notes. This uh, is the problem. Right. Well, you didn't have a lot of room to... I couldn't get my phone out of my pocket. <laughs> I know. I had to stand up, well, like, to take my jacket off because it was, like, that tight. Uh-huh. And by the way, when you get older, you refuse to sit with your phone or wallet in your pocket. Mm. But anyways, he, he, he did kind of get into the pay gap and, and, and gender, and he just, he said, he, he, he uttered a lot of data. He's like, listen, there's nothing wrong with the fact that a woman wants to be a nurse and the fact that more nurses are women. There's no problem that... Oh, he was citing a couple of studies, I think, mm-hmm. in Sweden and a couple of other places yeah, and, where and no matter how much you want there to be equality, 
there are not as many women yeah. signing up to be garbage men. Right. And even garbage people. Ev- Excuse me. Oh, I know. We are, God, we're, we're rising. That's a tough one, though, right? Yeah. You ever said garbage people? Yeah. Or garbage person? Or mankind. I know, but garbage man? Like from my youth. Yeah, but is there, are, what are they? Recep, uh, uh, trash no, technicians? No, you, I mean, you could just, that's, that's probably true, but you yeah. could just say garbage, garbage collectors. That's probably more right. Is it? I'm sorry. But they're not collecting it. They're not, it's not a stamp <laughs> or cards. It almost makes them feel like they're just like <laughs> taking it home. Yeah, that's not good. But what I did appreciate about him, he's not afraid to get in the mud and say, all right, you, 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 you know, millennial hipsters with blue hair and nose rings. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter uh, what the, the new term is. Let's break this thing down. If more men are engineers, oh well. And if you go to some place like Norway where the uh, equity, there was a term. It's, but, it's, the mo- it's deemed as the most equitable place. Gender equity yes, and, is, is the best. And they have the greatest separation of men and in women certain in certain sectors. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I do think that's where he gets himself in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think a lot of it is clickbait. And mm-hmm. I found my statement that I need to prove that we should right. cancel you or whatever. But I also think that there are logical, real answers. Mm-hmm. And maybe the answers to those are not the best answers, but they are the right answers for what we've experienced so yeah. far. And I think that's the, that's the difference. I also love... He never answers with I. It's data suggests. Well, he likes to throw things out, mm-hmm. and then, which is what I really like about him. Mm-hmm. And that's what's keeping this from being a cult, there you is go. that he never uses the word I. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, if I have to go up and kiss the ring, yeah, it's, I'm out. we're out. I'm going to burn the books. Yeah. That was, it was good. I had a good time, mm-hmm. and I want to thank you for going. Well, and I thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it was good. And if we can, because there is a list of about 10 guys you and I would enjoy to go see. Maybe we went over this, uh-huh. and I, I don't. Th- this isn't going to become my new thing. If it is, I need a tweed jacket. I think at some point with with um, the with little the, elbows. With the elbows, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are a couple of other people that I would be willing to sit uh-huh. down and listen to. But um, no, it was fun. Yeah, it was good, and it's a good break from the forgotten. Yeah, you cannot forget JP. Uh, well done, well done. I know you are so clever. Well, my friend, uh, it's only fitting. The the. Uh, the shadows are getting long. I think it might be time to drop some wisdom of the week. Um, no surprise here from uh, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. When you have something to say, silence is a lie. And again, we go back to fascism. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah. They silence anything that is not their mm-hmm. version of the truth. And when you, when you do speak, make sure that you are speaking from a place of principle, in a place of truth and, and, and being informed. Yeah. And for all the people that are new to Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. I have a couple of pieces of advice. Number one, don't start with Maps, Maps of, of Meaning. meaning. <laughs> that a big book, book is <laughs> real dense and real big. Uh, but I would start with the original 12 Rules for Life. Oh, I like the second book better. Really? I did. I like the first one better. Okay. Well, ying to yang. It's, this is know. why we work so well together. Exactly. We're simpatico. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to us. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart, and we will talk to you soon. See you next time.